welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Every day to define man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast I'm your host, Serial Sensei We're on episode number 95 I am once again joined with my co-host, Antaku What's going on, man? Literally, as you say, welcome back this man starts to cut the grass outside. <laughs> no, I'm not sure if you guys can hear it, but... A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Literally, right now. <laughs> I mean, like, I hear it, but it's not like... If he wouldn't have told me he was cutting grass, I wouldn't know he was cutting grass. It just sounds like, I don't know, something off in the distance on, like, a TV. Yeah. Actually, it kind of sounds like one of those really small planes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Literally, you know, guys, that every week I record from a biplane. <laughs> oh, man. So, hold on. Before we get started, I know you uh, you had a birthday recently. So, how was, how was the birthday weekend? Uh, it was all right. Um, well, I, I don't go out much, as evidenced by the fact that I can count the amount of UFC cards I've missed in, like, the last five years on my two hands. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it was nice. Like, my sister had her little graduation party. She She's officially done with high school. Hey. My pops came up from Delaware. I got to see him. Uh, yeah, that's always nice. Um, trying to think of what else I did. Oh, I went on a hike instead of watching the UFC. So that's a thing. <laughs> You made you made a good move. Yeah. <laughs> so Hold on. also before we get started, um, what was up with that snake? Cause that, okay. that was a pretty big. <laughs> so, um, I didn't know this when I started hiking. Like when I took it up as a hobby, um, there are a lot of snakes <laughs> on uh, on uh, New Jersey trails. Um, they, they they tend not to come out because during the day. Because, you know, noise and people and all that good stuff. You know, or they avoid the trails altogether. Um, yeah, I wasn't too worried about the snake. I was more worried about bears. Because that's a thing. Oh, no. Yeah. But um, the snake was just, like, it had his head buried underneath a rock. So I figured it just, like, overheated in the, in, in the you know, the heat. Because it was, like, 90 degrees out. So I, I assume it just put its hand underneath the rock and just decided to chill for a little bit. Yeah, that was um, the last time I went hiking. I saw a snake, but it was like a, just a small, like little garden snake. Yeah, he yeah he wasn't bothering anybody. That snake you posted, that looked like the real deal. Oh no, yeah, that I I don't know what type of snake that was, but that that thing screamed like, "If you mess with me, I will effing kill you." <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you made it back from the birthday trip alive. That that was. It was a serious hike. If if any anybody lives in Jersey or in well in the like tri-state area, uh, make it out to Vernon Valley. Go hike the Stairway to Heaven. It's beautiful up there. 
it is a chore if you're going to do the whole seven miles like I decided to do. Jeez, and not, right. yeah, and make sure you eat before you go. That, that was my <laughs> mistake. I'm like, I can knock this out in two hours and like be back at my car and I can go to Burger King when I'm done. No, like, it, it, it is torture if you have not eaten. Because it took me six hours. <laughs> like, eight miles. Because as soon as I got to the top, it started to rain. Oh, man. This is four hours into my hike. It took me two hours to get back to my car. That is a true test of endurance. <laughs> but you know what? Having watched this UFC card and spurts and pieces, I think I still made the right move. Yeah, yeah, you, um... Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll get to that in a, in a little bit, but um, I guess we'll uh, well, real quick, I'll run through the top cities, um, and also a quick announcement. Um, I did finally start my new YouTube music review channel entitled "Sounds Like Fun." I will leave a link to the description below so you can check that out. So all music reviews from here on out will be on that channel. And shoutouts to the top cities who listened this week. Um, as we talked about off air, it's kind of funny when we go a while without uploading without uploading an episode and the numbers start to dip. And that's when all these random places start making their way into the, the top listeners. So uh, top cities for the week. Uh, number one is Clifton, New Jersey. Number two, Lakewood, California. Number three, the UK out there in London. <laughs> number four, Nancy, France. And number five. Uh, Tel Aviv, Israel. So, Tel Aviv. Uh, oh, the Aviv. Um, other notable places outside got, of the top five. I gotta keep my, oh, I, I gotta keep my Israel jokes light this week. Yeah, cause they'll, they'll leave. They'll leave. Uh, we did get Cairo, Egypt back at number sixteen. Uh, we, we got a, a Robo Brazil. Um, so, you know, shout, shout outs to the. Uh, the uh, overseas listeners, whether you listened on purpose or you accidentally clicked on a link that you didn't mean to click on, we appreciate you anyway. We're, we're sorry this isn't, um, you know, nice for what, but, you know. All right. <laughs> you made it somewhere. You made it somewhere. Just just stick around for a while. You'll, you'll like it. Good times. Good times, always. I mean, we barely talk about it on this show. <laughs> <laughs> this... This would be the perfect card to not talk about. <laughs> we just pretend to start talking about, like, you know, Shogun getting murked. And instead, we just go into, like, a two-hour discussion about, like, Slam Dunk or um, Roroni Kenshin. Yeah, yeah. But I'll, um, I'll let you handle the news. I think you had most of it handled. I have a few fights here and there, so I'll just plug mine in at the end. All right, uh, I'll start with fight announcements because there was some non-fight announcement-related news. Um, but first off, at UFC 227, we have Marlon Vera stepping in on short notice to fight uh, to face uh, Waligi Burn, and I can't imagine like that's um, an easy like if you're Burns camp, you you look at like I think they were gonna fight like Kandare, like the the Super Fight League guy. <laughs> Another funny Marlon Vera. I can't imagine that's an easy transition. And <laughs> um, what well, was possibly the best fight announced this week, uh, we have Little Nog fighting Sam Alvey at UFC Sao Paulo in, on September 22nd. 
That's going to be the what? most intense staring <laughs> contest of all time. Uh, so we're, we're having Joey on for that one. He, he has no choice. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Mark Hunt versus Alexi Olenek. That is officially set as the main event of UFC Moscow. I think that's been like, uh, I think it's been the news for a minute. But like the UFC officially came out and said that that was the main event. So, you know, bully there. Um, so the UFC also announced basically the entirety of the UFC 228 card, which is going to be going down in Dallas, Texas. Um, the main event. Is looking like it will be Tyron Woodley versus Darren Till. Co-main event will be Nico Montano versus Valentina Shevchenko. Also on the card will be Jessica Andrade face, uh, facing off with Karolina Kovalkiewicz. Yair Rodriguez facing off with Zabit Magomed Sharapov. Uh, Aljamain Sterling fighting Cody Stamen. Carla Esparza versus Tatiana Suarez. Jimmy Rivera versus John Dodson. Ryan ben- uh, Benoit versus Roberto Sanchez. Charles Bird versus Darren Stewart. Uh, Jeff Neal versus Frank Camacho. And Jim Miller versus Alex White. And as of right now, that's the card announced for uh, UFC 228. Uh, uh, the, let's see, the only other two fights I have, uh, Tiago Santos versus Kevin Holland, who was a super, super late replacement. Uh, and... Headliner for PL5, Brian Foster versus Nathan Schultz for PL5. Uh, oh, uh, for UFC 230, um, we have, I'm not even sure if it's co- really confirmed, but we had Weidman versus Rockhold 2, and uh, Romero, uh, Yoel Romero versus Paulo Costa, which I guess that means, one, Rockhold and Romero decided that they didn't want to go the like, heavyweight for whatever reason. Um, but apparently Romero versus Costa isn't set yet. Like the UFC leaked the news, but they're still technically in negotiations. Go figure. <laughs> That's uh, a freakish fight. Yeah. I don't think that, yeah, we don't even have a, like a fight for UFC 229 yet. And they're already announcing the New York card. But. Romero Costa is like you're not going to find a a juicier fight, <laughs> right? Is it, for, for lack of a better term, that's a whole lot of beach muscle. Yeah, that's that's mm, that's man. Yeah, the world might explode on like that very first punch. That, that's too much testicular fortitude, man. Yeah, yeah we can't handle that. Um, Bellator also announced that AJ McKee Jr. finally get his uh, his big test fight. He's gonna be fighting former Bellator featherweight champion Pat Curran at Bellator 205. Um, I can't remember what the date on that is. Uh, I like that fight, but yeah, I, I really like that fight for McKee. He'd tell us where he's at. Same, I guess what current who just seems to be on like the weirdest downside where he looked he looked decent in the last fight i remember but not yeah he's not the same but like it's just that the problems that current had even when he was at his prime like you remember him fighting like eddie alvarez and just struggling to pull the trigger 
it's like that, but it's now just like his entire game. Yeah. And we'll uh, and we'll get back to that later, with guys just aging out by just not being able to pull the trigger. Um, all right, last bit of fight news: Greener Jandaroba will defend her Invicta FC title against Janaisa Moradin um, in September. Phil Baroni and Chris Levin will be having a bare knuckle <laughs> fight in Wyoming because why not? And um, Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Povetkin will be on September 29th, I believe, and it will be it will be um, Dazen's. Uh, I keep calling them Dazen. It will be the Zone's first Eddie Hearn helmed card on their streaming service. And speaking of the Zone. They recently came out with their starting point for the da- uh, Zone US, which is going to be ten dollars a month. So there you go. The uh, Zone and ESPN Plus, Fight Pass, and and whatever Ryzen decides to do, if they're going to be doing their twenty dollar pay per views. Um, oh, th- th- we have some other news. And rumors and stuff, if you want to get into that really quick. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, so, in what was the most shocking news to me? Um, well, not sh- I shouldn't say shocking, but I-, I think it's telling of how times have changed. M1 has officially become the UFC's first official feeder league. Oh, yeah, I did I did read about that. Well, I didn't read it. I, I saw a headline about that. Yeah, so um, th- there's this big... Mongolian slash Russian bank I can't remember the name off the top of my head that's going to be financing a bunch of, uh, in conjunction with the UFC, is going to be financing a bunch of regional MMA events throughout Russia with uh, with M1 as a co-promoter and M1 came out and stated that um, by signing with M1 and becoming a champion you like I don't, you I guess you get the chance to become a UFC fighter? Like, so is it kind of like the Russian LFA? <laughs> it's like Titan FC, but more blatant. Like, as in, the UFC's in on it, and it seems like they're getting money off of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, if they had this cooking for a while, I must, like, all of a sudden, they're, they're like, their um, their desire to go to Russia makes so much more sense. Because you're having this big financial group back. You, you know your um your involvement in the country like that and that's what we were always saying like who is the money mark apparently it was this bank and think so whatever and for those who don't know the you know previous history of m1 um their their management i can't remember his name his full name i think it's finkelstein um is basically the reason why you never got Fedor in the UFC. They, they wanted co-promotion. They wanted like a huge percentage of the pay-per-view in the gate. And I guess uh, it was just a big mess. Is it, There's more to it, but that's basically... It, it comes down to money and promotion. Now all these years later. And, and now all these years later, Fink is like, I don't give a damn if you take my champions. <laughs> Pay me. Right. After Fedor left and he's like 80 years old now. He's like, I really miss my shot. <laughs> they're, they're about to be worth a bit. They're worth $4 billion. Jesus Christ. 
I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I can't say I really feel it. I think it's interesting, though. Um, it, 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 it's such a market change in the landscape, you know? Because right. the UFC was always so just like, it's just us. Like, we're not... Yeah, well, yeah, it's... It, it makes sense in Russia to me because, and we can get into this bit of, this actually leads into another bit of news, ACB recently canceled a card they had scheduled in, was it Sweden, I believe? Um, and this is, this is like their third event they've canceled in as many months. And like there's a whole bunch of rumors behind the promotion that they might be going out of business because the head of ACB might be in jail oh man <laughs> he's not the head he's the backer owner whatever you know the, the money guy yeah um he's the guy with the bag yeah um and that's a rumor they came out and said that's not true Which i don't know how true. much i believe that <laughs> they said it's not true that that means it's, there's some validity um that would suck man they put on some really good entertaining really pretty violent cards right and the reason i say this kind of shows like why the ufc is so gung-ho on co-promotion in russia russia is really weird um like it's up besides like poland i'll, I'll go as far as to say it's the only country besides the u.s where you could go as a professional fighter and probably make good money um, you know, they paid Bigfoot like half a million dollars to go fight some Jew stuff. Um, dude who was patronized by like a Russian billionaire. And, and that's the thing, like, these guys in Russia aren't paid to bring in money. Um, they're, they're kind of paid just to like, it, it's a prestige thing. Um, we, like we talked about it before, the head of Fight Nights earlier this year got arrested. Um, Fight Nights Global, the promotion behind um, the big uh, the big Fedor return, where he fought in front of like a giant mechanical singing spider, <laughs> and the girl came out in like the Cinderella carriage and uh, basket and stuff. Like it, all that was financed by this dude who wanted to bring like a super loop to like Russia, and he did it to get on Vladimir Putin's good side. And then all of a sudden, like a few months later, he was arrested because. <laughs> and, and this is the thing, like in Russia, if you're a billionaire, like it kind of means you're in. But if you do anything that, you know, it's very basically it's very easy to have all your money taken from you and have crimes pinned on you. Because if you're a Russian billionaire, you probably committed a bunch of crimes. Let's be real. Oh. They're government, they're government sanctioned, but like. You probably did some illegal shit along the way. Oh, so I wonder if there's a way this could blow up in the UFC space. Well, maybe not blow up. Well, I, I, I think their idea was okay. We're go. We'll go with a um a bank, and like, and from what I can tell, like, M1 is the only promotion in like Russia where like the goal of the promotion is to actually be a successful business. So like, I, it all makes sense. If you're the UFC, you don't want these Russian talents to keep signing with like these Russian oligarchs, who you know they'll put on their uh, three or four shows a year to show off to their friends and then just yo know, famous. Yeah. Um, but like, 
you want to go with somebody who's going to send talent your way down the road. Um, How's the, how's the 205 scene over there? <laughs> that's where all the talent's supposed to be. But, but most of them are, like, most of them can get paid a lot more money just fighting for, like, these dudes in front of, like, crowds of, like, 5,000 people. Because that's just the way it is. Well, if they, if they can grab it, one or two, it'll all be worth it. Uh, uh, maybe. Like, maybe. Uh, I have my own reservations about the light heavyweight division but we'll get to that later too yeah, this is trash. <laughs> um alright well okay uh, let's get some of this quick stuff lined uh, lined up um, karate combat is now part of UFC fight pass yes sir yes that's great more content uh, they, I, I hope they fill the UFC fight pass library with as much stuff as they can get their hands on seeing as they're going to force everybody else to, F, uh, to ESPN plus yeah, and I will not go. I'm staying on the Fight Pass boat. Uh, like I said, <laughs> if, if they do the thing where they pay, they price drop uh, Fight Pass for people who have ESPN Plus, I'll do it. I'll think about it. Because it's just five and five. Um, if, if they'll give you that deal. I don't know. Um, uh, okay, so this, this is just a rumor, but uh, Daniel Cormier versus Brock Lesnar is being talked about as potentially being the first ESPN card as opposed to a pay-per-view. Oh, so... so it's a, it, it'll be on ESPN or ESPN Plus, I assume. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I would assume ESPN Plus. I mean... Uh, well, you want as really... many you want as many eyes on the product that it's like first week as possible. This is They did the same thing on Fox when they put uh, Cain Velasquez versus... Junior Dos Santos, like, I, I get the reasoning behind it, but would Brock Lesnar come back for a pay cut? Because you know he's getting pay per view points if he comes back. It should he fight on pay per view? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I guess I just have to accept this fight that it's, it's going to be a thing. Um, as long as DC gets paid, I'm happy. Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I, I've seen a, a lot more uh, discussion on Twitter and social media about, you know, DC versus Brock and it just being a payday fight. And I'm like, well, if anybody's earned the right to have a payday, you know, why not DC? Exactly. Um, as far as it being on ESPN, ESPN Plus, I mean, all right, to be honest, man, I, I know I talk a lot of trash and I complain a lot. I might try for like a month. <laughs> because I always just get my curiosity. I can never, I I can't shut it down. When I get curious, I just have to know. Exactly. So they're probably gonna suck at me. I'm gonna be mad and cuss about it and just be angry. But I'll probably shovel over my five or ten dollars or how much ever. I really hope they don't boost the price because I feel like that's the thing they'll do. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the, and that's the. I want to think. Because what? it's the it's the UFC and ESPN, and it's not just the UFC that I I, I feel like ESPN, or at least I would like to hope that they would want to look out more for the consumer as to where I feel like if it's just up to the UFC, they're just they're strictly about dollar signs. I don't think they really care. I think if it was up to the UFC, this fight would be on um, pay per view. 
Yeah, it definitely would be. So. But, but like you said, as far as, like, them, if you have Fight Pass, they would drop the, the price of ESPN Plus. Or, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But, I mean, it, it does make sense if, you know, you want to sell ESPN Plus to people, um, especially to, like, a casual fan. Why not just throw Brock Lesnar's name in there? You know, people are going to want to see it, regardless if you hate Brock or love him. You're either buying it to see him lose or you're buying it to see him win, but regardless, you're buying it. And that's, you know. That's the whole point. Yeah, that's that's the point. It's it's all about the dollar. It's all about the dollar. So they'll probably sucker me in. I'm going to get suckered in. I, I held out on Fight Pass for a long time, but I, 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 but I don't regret it. The Fight Pass is awesome now that I do have it. So I, I can't complain about Fight Pass. But we'll we'll see. I, I still don't know how I feel about ESPN Plus, but for that first card, I, I guess just because I'll 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 probably sucker myself into it for at least a month, and then I'll I'll see how I feel. Right. Um, after that. Speaking of streaming services, uh, last bit of news: um, Bellator has basically come out with their uh, their tournament. Like we have nine of the. I'm not sure. Did they ever? They said they were renegotiating with Daly, but did they ever like say whether or not he was in or out? I I thought he was in because the last I heard, or at least I thought his first fight is supposed to be against MVP. Ah, I did not in hear that. Tournament. Um, I I thought I could be wrong, but I, that's what I remember. Hearing. All right, I see it. Daily to fight in Bellator's welterweight Grand Prix. Uh, he will fight Paul, uh, Michael Page. Right. All right, you were right. Um, so Bellator announced their ten-man field. It will feature Rory McDonald. Um, will once he's through with uh, the Gegger Musasi fight, win or lose, his next series of fights will be in the Bellator welterweight tournament. Should he advance past the first round, um, the nine welterweights that will be fighting in the tournament alongside him are Michael Page, Paul Daly, Douglas Lima, Lorenz Larkin, Andre Korshkov, Neiman Gracie, John Fitch. Ed Ruth, and Yaroslav Amasalov. Um, the tournament will start with the matchup between Lima and Korshkov at, at the September 29th show in San Jose. Um, wait. I could have sworn that Bellator 2-0, whatever it's going to be. It's going to be like 206 or something. Yeah, Bellator 206 takes place on... Okay. Oh, alright. That makes sense. Um... That'll be the same card as Rampage Silva 4 and Musashi McDonald. And now I believe that's going to be their uh, debut on the zone. So basically, if you want to, they have a free month tryout, uh, tryout for the zone US, uh, USA. Wait till September. That's where all the good stuff is happening. Your Anthony Joshua and your Bellator MMAs. So try that free month out. Um, I don't think it says when these other dudes are supposed to fight. From what? Well, I don't know. I've heard somebody say on Twitter that this tournament isn't like the heavyweight one. Like, this one's pretty spread out. Okay. Well, the, the heavyweight tournament's been spread out. Yeah. But That's a nice tournament, though. That's a good... Now, I put this on Twitter, too. I like that all of these other promotions outside of the UFC are just... Like, they're doing fun stuff. Yeah, like, it's what you gotta do. You gotta make yourself interesting. Yeah, they're making they're making things interesting. Like, and I'm glad that they didn't try to like put Daly and MVP like on opposite sides of the, of the bracket. <laughs> so like, 
it could be a potential like finals meetup. Like mm-hmm. let's let's throw this together now and exactly do it while it can. An MVP, you better not get injured. You better not slip on a cord or kick a bag wrong, or you know I don't know how else other people get injured. It's worth noting <laughs> that Coker said every fight in this tournament should be five rounds. That's their goal. That's crazy. Yeah, I think mean, um, it's awesome that like. Rory's title is on the line every fight. Dude, that's it just great. makes me it's great. it makes me think of like you remember back in wrestling when they had the twenty four seven hardcore title? Yes. <laughs> that's exactly what this made me think of. Like Ed Ruth just like hops from behind uh where McDonald's in the locker room and knocks him out. So like yeah, man, like Bellator's got tournaments, you know, going. PFL, we we were skeptical at first, but like they're it, it's working pretty good, so the ratings, UFC. the ratings aren't great, but at least the product is fun. <laughs> yeah, the, the product's pretty solid, man. So, UFC, man, let's we we got to do something over here. Um, so. if we're talking about fun, I should uh, I'll, I'll go to the rumor mill one more time. Um, I saw a rumor that CBS Sports is very close to signing a tournament formatted MMA promotion, and my guess it would be that team promotion thing we were talking about a couple weeks ago. From the HBO executive, who I never heard of the IFL. So we might be getting team tournament MMA on television in the near future as well. We'll see. Definitely, definitely something worth keeping an eye on. Um, before we get into this Hamburg card, you want to glance over? Uh, well, I know you didn't watch the Contender series, or I never uh, do. Well, Which is really I, I, absurd I'll, because I, I would like it, but I just worked on Tuesdays. I'm just like I know I, I had to talk myself into staying up because normally I only watch like the first two fights and then I go to sleep. Right. <laughs> but I, I I wanted to stay up and uh and give it a watch. Oh, of course my page won't load, so I can actually uh let you guys know what actually went down on that card. It's almost every time we record, that's when my laptop decides it wants to quit. I mean, having Skype open is a very big dream. <laughs> like, why is it doing this to me? So you got the second laptop that's specifically for looking stuff up. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'll get into, like, the the fights I remember. Like, it was, it was a decent card, um... Uh, it was headlined by Nick Newell and uh, what's the other gentleman's name? Alex Munoz. Um, Nick Newell had a pretty gutsy performance. He he had some moments, but um, you know Munoz is pretty solid, man. Really really good wrestling. Um, pretty good on the feet. Also was able to kind of neutralize Nick a bit. Uh, Nick definitely uh, he was landing some of those front kicks pretty well, but he in the end ended up with a bloody nose and. <laughs> It was it was a pretty competitive fight, but um, they think Munoz was just he 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 was just the better man that night. That's really all it it pretty much is to it. But uh, gutsy performance from both. I'm I'm not sure if uh, contracts will be handed out to either or, but either way it was a good performance. Um, but the best fight of the night, if anybody wants to go back uh, and watch this card, uh, Sadiq. Yusuf or Yusef, I'm sorry if I'm butchering his name, and Mike Davis. Um, this was a really awesome fight. Uh, pretty much a three-round, just 
striking fest. Like these dudes were throwing to kill, but it wasn't like it wasn't like sloppy, you know. Right. It it was these you can tell these two dudes definitely are in the gym <laughs> working hard every day at what they do. Um it was just it was a really, really, really good fight. Um I wouldn't mind seeing both those guys get signed because they both they both got some heat. Didn't get a chance to see a ton of their ground game because I don't think either of them really cared about wrestling that much. <laughs> but the the striking was the striking was a one, um, and there were there were a couple of other uh, good fights on here. I mean, uh, shout outs to the young kid, uh, his name was Chase Hooper. Uh, is it Hooper? I'm trying to find his name, so I, don't know I think it was Chase Hooper. Um, kid was only like 18 years old. Um, he got butchered in the first round, man. This kid was getting destroyed <laughs> in the first round come back uh for the second and third man he was really poised he found himself back in the fight he started working his jujitsu um and clearly took rounds two and three probably could have got a stoppage but he he's really green still um so i don't know if i i personally didn't think he should get a contract but at 18 or 19 years old like he has plenty of time to grow and get better so i think he's still somebody to keep an eye on uh, Jeff Hughes, who was the LFA's, I think, heavyweight champion, won by TKO. Uh, and Jimmy Groot, uh from Australia won by TKO over Chris uh, Birchler. Um, so it, it, was a, it was a pretty solid card. Um, but like I said, if you're going to watch any fights, uh, watch the main event and definitely watch uh, Mike Davis and uh, the Sadiq fight. Like, how do you feel if you're Munoz and, like... All four of the other, oh, so like all four of the dudes who won, and uh, b- besides Munoz, end up getting some type of contract. Like, Crew, Yusuf, and Hughes all got UFC contracts, and Hooper got a developmental deal, so he's probably going to be fighting in like LFA or um, uh, Titan or something like that. But like, if you're Alex Munoz, you beat the dude who the whole card was built around, right? <laughs> and, and you go home with nothing. Yeah, see that, and that's like I said. I, I wasn't sure if he would get a contract, but I mean, if you're gonna give Hooper a developmental deal, I don't see why Munoz, at the least, could could have gotten that. The, the funny thing is, he's a team alpha male dude. So you you no, figure that actually makes a lot more sense now after watching. Yeah, you, you figure he would like, you know that uh, that Uriah Faber influence would have uh, helped him get in the door, but now. Well. Hopefully, I mean, a lot of those dudes end up returning to the show. Yeah, they'll fight again. again Yeah, so they should definitely bring him back, though. But um, shout-out to both of them and uh, him and Nick Newell. That was a pretty awesome fight. Um, Invicta FC 30, uh, which I know you didn't get a chance to watch, but I'll kind of run through it real quick. quick. I only watched it once. I didn't go back and rewatch any of these fights, so my memory's going to be a little hazy. But uh, main event for the Strawweight Championship was Jin Yu Frey versus Mina Grisander. Um, I know a lot of people probably feel some kind of way about the decision. I thought Grisander won, even though Yu Frey started to turn it around, uh, turn it around towards like the third round and the latter half of the fight. But I didn't think she won. But I won't argue because Jin Yu Frey was dressed up as Wonder Woman. So you know what? What are you gonna do? <laughs> so. She is uh, the new strawweight champion. Uh, co-main event, Felicia Spencer had a pretty good performance against Helena. Uh, I want to say this last name. Oh. Kolosnik. 
Kavasnik? Uh, yeah, Kavasnik, yeah. Uh, Felicia won by a rear naked choke in the second round. Uh, Heather, Heather Clark uh, had a decision over Kimberly uh, Tanaka Novace. Uh, Walker Sanchez had a decision over Miranda Maverick. Uh, Stephanie Giltzmacher uh, had a TKO win over Kerry Kennison. Uh, but the fight on this card that I want to highlight is Alicia uh, Zapatella and Jillian DeCourcy. Uh, Alicia Zapatella is going to be a problem. <laughs> this, 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 this woman is nasty, man. Um, really good wrestling. Actually, it was kind of crazy. Is like they I didn't really know anything about her before this, um, but you know they touted her wrestling credentials. But a lot of this fight was her standing with standing with hands, man. And, I mean, you can tell she's still a bit green, but she hits hard. She can take a hit. She's really exciting. Like, she pushes the pace. She has everything you want to see in a young fighter. Like, if, if time is on her side, if, you know, as long as she stays on the trajectory she's at now, she is going to be a problem at Adam Wade. Like, she is going to be a problem. So... Alicia Zapatella, if you don't know who she is, look her up. Um, she, she's going to be a problem. I, I promise you that she, she's somebody to look out for. Hey, these, these, you know these promoters are just waiting for somebody to show some type of, like, star potential so they can, build, so they can like, snap up a, an Adam Weight division. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be... I mean, if <laughs> she wins a couple more fights... I wouldn't be surprised, man. She seems like the type they would thrust up there. Like, we need to get some cameras in front of you, and, you know, people need to see what you can do. Um, but, yeah, that was uh, Invicta FC 30. I'm trying to bring up this glory card, but my screen froze. <laughs> I really don't want to talk about UFC Hamburg, being honest. I mean, we're We're off. Yeah. Yeah. This this uh this card man. Um, like, if, like, like, how do you describe nothing? <laughs> like, cause that's what it feels like. Yeah, and it's like okay, we promised our partners in Germany that we'd come there once in a while, so let, let's stick these guys on this card and see what happens. You know what was crazy though? I was thinking while I was watching is like, the crowd seemed like they were having a good time. Oh, dude, these people have no idea what MMA is. <laughs> like, like, you can't put MMA was... on TV in Germany. These guys probably <laughs> thought they saw like the number one contenders. Man, they were so into. I mean, props to them, man. They were having a blast during this card. Like, they were. It's. It just seemed like it seemed that way. And meanwhile, I'm at home. Like, Jesus Christ. Like. <laughs> I was almost angry that this came on a Sunday because it was just like, I felt like this card started at 10, I want to say Eastern Standard, was 10 or 12? I don't know. Either way, man, like I spent just half of my Sunday just watching like, what is, like, <laughs> like, what is this? And it's not, there were some good performances here and there. Some of the fights were entertaining, but they're just, there was no substance. <laughs> like, 
I don't feel like I gained anything by watching this card. Some of these fights felt like they straight up should have happened like six, seven years ago. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at this card now. There's like one performance that I can look at and be like, okay, I'm definitely going to look out for this guy in the future. Maybe two. The rest of this card... Dude, dude. <laughs> when half of the top three fighters... Wait, yeah. So, like, in the top four fights, three of the eight fighters on the card we knew were shot. <laughs> we all know St- Stefan Struve is shot. We all know Glover Teixeira is shot. We all know Shogun is shot. <laughs> and this is the top of our card? Oh, man. Like... Yeah, this um... this is it, this is even like mediocre violence when like you know uh, Glovkin fights the mandatory for his like WBO middleweight title. Like, yeah, no one wants to see him fight Toronto or whatever the hell his name was. Uh, Toronto. Tor- God, now I'm just gonna bug me about what his name was. Um, <laughs> but no, no one wants to see that. But like, that's what we get. No, no one wants to see him fight random Mexican dude because freaking. Uh, Canelo popped. But that's what we're going to get because you know, whatever, but at least then one of the dudes in the fight is like it, maybe not the top of his game but like, you know, he's still with it. Like, I, I don't think like Shogun or Glover or like Struve are still with it. Like, them, them dudes is shot. And what made it worse was that, like, this card was one of those cards that tricked you. Um, because, like, all right, the first fight went to decision. Then the second two fights ended really quick. And then every fight after that, up until the main event, was a decision. And then the main event sucked because we all got to see, <laughs> you know, somebody we all love and respect so damn much get yeah, murked in, like, balls. 90 seconds. Yeah. In a fight we all kind of figured he probably should lose. Yeah. Um All right, man. We'll we'll we'll, we'll get through it, man. U- UFC Hamburg went down this past weekend. Uh, <laughs> it was a card. That's that's all I got, man. But we'll we'll run this from the top and I'll give this a warning now. I rewatched this card once and it I just I could not stay interested. And so a lot <laughs> some of these fights I'm not going to be able to describe in a lot of detail, man. Because, like I said, just, there, there wasn't a lot of substance going on. A lot of these fights just weren't... Dude, if they expect us to freaking... I was going to say care. Remember, uh, Fabrisky versus Emil Meek? Right. Or Mech or whatever? Like, <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> like, you're high. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we can try our best, but I I can't I can't make no guarantees. But um, I guess we'll we'll run it from the top. Uh, main event: Anthony Smith and Shogun Hua. Um, I wanted to believe that somehow the old man would have one more trick up his sleeve, but um, he got tagged a couple times. 
And he ate one of those punches, and I saw that look in his eye where I think he knew he was going to lose, and everybody else in the arena knew he was going to lose. And then uh, he, <laughs> he ate that little combo. He backed up, and he just got mauled. Um, he got mauled, and then, like, the way he fell, oh, it was bad. It was just bad. He just, Anthony Smith just put the paws on him, and he, he yeah. Uh, it's it's not a lot to describe in this fight. It was it was a mauling. That's pretty much what this was. Light heavyweight is really bad because Shogun came into this fight the number six ranked light heavyweight, and then like <laughs> the longest winning streak of his UFC career. <sighs> and Anthony Smith, who like was a middling middleweight, like. I want to say he was like 500 at middleweight. Something like that. Just, just comes in and wrecks his, like, just pounds a mud hole in his ass. Like. I didn't notice until I was watching the fight. How was he making 185? He's a big dude. Helium. I don't know. <laughs> like, he, he had no business being at middleweight. But, like. We talk about, like, what happened to, like, the gory division of MMA. They're all fighting at middleweight. <laughs> Chris Weidman, Luke Rockhold, Yoel Romero, to an extent, Jacare Souza. Um, like, all those really big dudes like Anthony Smith. Like, they're all actually 205ers. They just refuse to accept it. And I don't get why, because you watch something like this, and then you're like, oh, I could have fought that Shogun Rua. Instead, I have to go fight Jacare Souza? Right. Like, oh, this. Like, I, I don't get how, like, Light Heavyweight hasn't just, like, filled up with middleweights who just don't want to cut weight and realize that's a much easier road right. to the title. Like, that's why I said for a dude for a dude like Wadman who regardless of how I feel about him, I can look at the talent. I I feel like if I'm him, I'm looking at two oh five and I'm almost salivating. Like <laughs> you could clean these dudes up here, man. Most of them. You you'd easily find your way in the top five. You wouldn't have to work that. Top hard. two. This is right. real. Like <laughs> it's like him and Gus. Right. Because like, you can't tell me he couldn't go out there and just like whoop Corey Anderson's ass if like, he's healthy. Sam Alvey's, Sam Alvey's up here, man. Sam Alvey's a fight away from a title shot, Dad. <laughs> we let Sam Alvey at two. <laughs> what is going on? Um, yeah, man. But I, I'll say this about um, Smith. I always kind of admired the fact that he was just tough as crap at middleweight. He was a scrappy dude. Like, he was fun. He was exciting. I never thought much of him. But, like, if he's go if he realizes that, hey, I'm going to just have an easier go of these light heavyweights. I don't have to deal with this dumb weight cut. You know, all more power to him because he's entitled to contention now because he just beat a top six fighter. <laughs> right. And, I mean, at 205, man, if you can hit hard and you're you're – halfway competent that's like 80% of the battle and he, he's there already so I mean like Gus is hurt DC is two weeks away from retirement 
Right. Like, d- there's no one there. Like, bro, the gates are open. The, right. They get just run. <laughs> like, John Jones might never come run. back. <laughs> like, you got to get now. While the getting good, bro, the gate is wide open. Just, just run. Just, just run. Um, I saw some people say they thought a good next matchup for him would be Manoa. Why not? Um, no. Man was man was on his way to being shot too because he's a forty year old man. Yeah, <laughs> tired of seeing Anthony <laughs> Smith beat up all over guys. <laughs> pick, pick on somebody, pick on somebody your own age. <laughs> but, nah, man. I mean, no, no diss to Anthony Smith, man. He, Yo, he's he's, doing he's what handling he's business. To do. Yeah, he's 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 putting hands they on. Do it in a he's, fun way that if it was anybody else that like. If it wasn't sad, it'd be fun. Right. <laughs> I think it's just because it's two oh five. We're just like it's it's just, we're just over it. But yeah, man, like Smith, man, the gate is open. You knocked out the number six dude. Everybody else is either old or injured. Dominic Reyes is still, you know, he's there, but he ain't go, there yet. Go, like, go he has walking Uzdemir. Get you a title shot. They're right. <laughs> right. Matter of fact, the man that's for the interim title. Right, <laughs> like you're basically right there, man. That that's two oh. I don't know, man. Two oh five is just. It's so weird because he like, you know who I think of Anthony Smith as like he's like OSP. It's like OSP has the misfortune of having lost to like ninety percent of the top ten at this point. And like, uh, and Smith is getting in here while these guys are like on the way out. Right. Hey, man. Maybe this was a plan. Maybe he just one day was home, you know, after he... Cause he was the last fight at middleweight with Sasanto? Yes, in February. And now he's a yeah. top 10 light heavyweight. <laughs> so maybe after that loss, man, he was just home. You know, he looked up the rankings at light heavyweight, and he was like, you know like, what? <laughs> like, don't tell this to anybody, but Shogun is ranked at number six. <laughs> right. I think I can beat him. <laughs> because he's old. <laughs> this division, man. It is the worst men's division. We we talk about middleweight being the tough dad division. I don't know what this division is. It, it, I, I I don't even have like an adjective for it. Like so, middleweight's like the tough dads, and these are like the dads that think they can still fight, but like they realize they don't it's have like it the anymore. Drunk uncle's division. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's just like when your uncle drinks and he thinks he's hard. <laughs> oh man, but um, that's the main event. I, I uh, it was the main event. But props to Anthony Smith, man. He 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 put the hands and paws on on Shogun. Um, he, he did what he needed I'm, to do. At, at least he's fun. This could, right. this could be right. like welterweight, where like the the dude wins, but like we spent twenty five minutes watching him. I don't know, like hug him for right. <laughs> he's he's out there. He's he's putting guys away. So you know, shout out to Anthony Smith. Keep doing what you're doing. The title shot is basically yours because nobody else is there to to tell you otherwise. Um, I, I guess maybe other than the co-main event, uh, Corey Anderson. Glover to share. Um, See, I said Glover was shot, and no one believed me. Yeah, 
It was um just be <sighs> Corey just kind of put a put a beating on him. He just ripped him. <laughs> like <laughs> Corey pretty much did. You want whatever he you wanted. You want know what this fight reminded me of? Gaslam versus Jacare. Whereas, like, you see the flaws in Gastelum, but Jacare is just too old to do anything about it. <laughs> like, Corey just worked him. Like, like there's yeah. not like, j- just put a pace on him. Just like, there's, there was nothing Corey could do. And like, eventually, he just got gun shy. He's like, we've been fighting for ten minutes. I'm really tired. I'm conserve my energy and not throw anything. And that just opened up. Anderson striking where he was able to get takedowns easier. Yeah, he just yeah that that literally what the fight was. It was just, he just worked him like kind of the way Glover used to turn away the young guys is how Corey turned him. Basically, <laughs> like that's pretty much what this fight was. Takedown rides yeah. a little bit of ground and pound here and there. Glover pops back up, rinse repeat. Yeah, for three rounds. Um, like. And just, just real quick, it's not really a surprise that Glover is, like, on the downslide. He's been fighting for 16 years. Yeah. Right? And keep in mind, like, he didn't even get to the UFC until he was, like... Nine years into his career, ten years into it, his career. Right. <laughs> he was, like, mid-30s making his debut. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, you know, Corey, Corey gave him the work. That's that's pretty much all you can say. He's another dude who's like <laughs> he's like right there at the top somehow. He's just he's just there. It's so, him. It's OSP. It's Anthony Smith and Broken Ozdemir and Gus. That's what it is right now. All right. That's that's all the two. And of Jimmy Manuel sometimes. Not not as a yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, that there's not a lot to dissect about that fight. Uh, old old guy went up the youngin, uh, the youngin. Uh, he he beat him up. He got he got him out. He reminded him of how old. It's like why, freaking fifteen year old play like a forty year old in like full court basketball. Yeah, he just crossing him up, <laughs> dunking up on him. And, and the one and the other dude just says it has his like hands on his knees, <laughs> right. like he's holding his back. <laughs> Uh, it is really hard just watching like the older guys just get. But this is what happens when like there's no young guys to come and eat them. The yeah. the young feed well, on the old. That's how the sports is supposed to go. Yeah. And they are they are feasting like. <laughs> but this, like they're really not though. Like they're supposed to be like this. This should have happened like Shogun and Glover like years ago. In, instead, they get they, they hang around and they beat guys like OSP and like Manua and like Volante, and they get to keep their ranking. They just needed the right yeah. guy. They they both ran into him. Like I'm not I'm not but, sure that version of Shogun beats Dominic Reyes. Mm mm mm. He gets washed. <laughs> he gets he gets washed. Yeah it. <clears throat> It, it was, you know, yeah, he, he just worked. And I, I love Glover, man, but he just, he got worked. I, re- I respect the crap out of Glover for just sticking in the game as long as he did when he was just stuck fighting in, like, shooter Brazil. Right. 
And he managed to turn that into like a run at the UFC title. Right. I mean, and it was a good run like while he had it, but you know, man, Father Time is undefeated for a reason. It just it, it, it catches you one way or another. But yeah, Corey Overtime Anderson gave uh, gave Glover. Well, I just like to way. point out, like both the dudes who lost in the call and main event were like they wanted title shots against the guy who just murked. Stipe, uh, Stipe Milicic. And in all honesty, probably, like, like they were not that far. No, the Shogun was, <laughs> Shogun was knocking on the door. He was, he was there. That's a scary thought. Yeah. So, I guess maybe if you think about it, Anthony Smith and Corey might have done us a favor. May have done them a favor. Yeah, DC versus Shogun. Ooh, that would not have been a pretty fight. Um, but yeah, that that was that that was that was Corey Anderson and Glover Teixeira. Um, his next fight, Abu Azatar and Vitor Miranda. I do not remember a time. Uh, <laughs> I think Joey put it best. Like this fight was straight up out of like 2009. Like, I thought there were just a lot. Of there, there was a lot of takedowns and just like ugly sweeps that like, oh my god. So I I, I believe this is the fight where Azatar tried to like cradle Vitor Miranda, like cradle rock him into like I guess top, so he can get top control. So he just like falls backwards with like his head and like arm underneath, like one arm over the top, one arm between the legs. He just falls backward and pulls Vitor Miranda to mount. <laughs> <laughs> that was the funniest Lord thing I've ever mercy. seen in a fight. <laughs> oh man, I, I I don't have anything else to add because I don't. I rewatched this fight twice, and I still don't. It remember. was like it. It was uh, Isaitar throwing like a bunch of ugly ground and pound that barely or didn't land at all. And winning just because he kept up a pace and was just stronger than Miranda. And when Miranda would get on top, he would just push him over. Mm. It was a combination. <laughs> it was a combination of bad everything. That sounds like a middleweight. Oh fight. my god, it's the most yeah. middleweight fight. That's that's a, that's a tough dad fight. But I mean, either way, uh, Boo got the W. So you know, congrats to him. Uh, one unanimous decision. Uh, next fight: Marcin Tabora and Stefan Struve. Um, I don't know why I always just root for Stefan Struve, and I know it's, this was a Stefan Struve fight, I, I guess, <laughs> if I was to describe this, like, the typical Stefan Struve things that normally happen seem to happen, um, I mean, he, he worked his jab a little bit, uh, in the beginning of the fight, and I feel like he got away from it for a little bit, um, he got taken down fairly easily. Um, <laughs> wasn't able to do a lot off his back. Uh, there was one round, I can't remember if it was the second or third, where he was doing pretty good for a while. He landed like, that nice um, front kick to the face. Yeah, like he, he was keeping his distance with the jab. Yeah, he landed a really nasty front kick that uh, kind of buckled Tabor's knees a little bit. Um, but he wasn't able to, to get like a finish off of it. And then he just ends up finding himself on his back more often than not, you know, 
and you can't you can't want to fight off your back. And he wasn't able to like get off any triangle. I think he went for a couple of submissions, but he didn't. You know, he didn't didn't sink any of them, man. But um, it it was just a, it was a step and true fight. If this was Stefan Struve from, like, 2012, he probably would have knocked um, Marzine Zabur out in the second round. But, like, he, as for as lumbering as he's been in the past, he just kind of it just kind of felt like he was in zombie mode the entire fight for some strange reason. Yeah. Um, like, this is, this is what happens. Like, he's not old, but he's, what, 30? And he's been, like, how many, he's been in the UFC for how long now? Yeah, it's been a while. He's he's got some he's got some wear and tear. So he's he's been in the UFC since two thousand and nine. About yeah. You shouldn't. So so basically, he's been in the UFC since he was like twenty years old. Has he ever changed, Jim? Uh yes, he left. Um, so his original Dutch kickboxing gym was uh. The Mike's Gym, I believe. I could be wrong about that. But I want to say it was Mike's Gym. Uh, the big gym in um, the Netherlands that ta- where all the big kickboxers came out of. Hmm. Um, hold up, let me make 100% sure. Like, but but um, from what I... Uh, I can't even find the name of the gym. But, like, he, he trained in one of those kickboxing in the Netherlands where, like, all the big kickboxers of, like, the K-1 era came out of. Um, I think, like, yeah, I think Mainhof was one of, like, the dudes in the gym with him. Like, and from what I can tell, all the problems that you see with his game stem from the fact that they would just let him go in there and train with all the big dudes because he was a big dude himself. And basically, they would just, like, go to war and beat the shit out of him. So, like, his entire offense and defense was based around just, like, I have to survive. I have to throw back. I have to plant my feet and, like, you know, not get scared off because Melvin Manhoff is throwing, you know, haymakers at me. Which could be scary. So he, he never really developed the outfighter game like we all wanted him to, which... You know what? I don't believe is like a, a um a killer thing. Like a, I don't think he needed to be an outfighter to be successful in MMA. But he is not good as an infighter either. Like he like if he was going to be a uh, if he was going to be like a dude who gets into wars, he needed to be a dude who was really good in the clinch. And he never was. Not particularly good anyway. And that probably has something to do with the weight cut, because he was one of the, he's like one of the dudes who probably had to cut weight to make two sixty five. Yeah, to make. Yeah. Like, he he probably would have been better served if he could come in at like two eighty five. There was a super heavyweight. He, he, yeah. He, or just like a no limit on the weight class. Yeah. But, you know, Tabor did what he had to do. He, he took him down. He was able to close distance, get in his face. You know, he, he he did what he needed to do to get the W. Not the prettiest thing to watch, but you know, it it, it is. Like you, you know, remember, well, earlier you brought up like Russian prospects for like a heavyweight, 
it, it just got me think of how like excited I was for like Marcin Tabor when he got to the UFC because <laughs> it was fun to watch an M one. He was like he would take guys down, he'd beat them up, he would like go for the submission, and and then I'm like, okay, th- this is what I expect out of all the Russian prospects at like two two oh five because they had a couple of them in uh, Ryzen. I was like, oh man, I can't wait to see Jury. Uh, what the hell is his last name? Pravich, the the dude who um, King Mo knocked out. You know, fight in the Rising tournament, and then he was boring. <laughs> so, well, you know, it 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 is what it is. At least he's young. Right. <laughs> Maybe he'll. He'll turn he, he has another um, 15 years of fighting ahead of him. He'll, right. he'll get his title shot. Yeah. First 20, uh, 2025. Curtis Blades versus Versing <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Um, all right, I can say, though, these next two fights were pretty good. Really good, actually. Um, Danny Roberts and David Zawada. Um, this, actually, I think this one fight of the night. Yes. Um... At least according to Wikipedia, it did. Um, Well-deserved, man. A lot of, um... main thing I remember about this fight, there were a lot of transitions on the ground, man. These dudes... Really, they were all over the place. Like, these dudes were throwing. They were grappling. When they were on the ground, just all t- kinds of transitions and sweeps and people almost getting caught in a choke and then getting and then out. And Robert's corner screaming at him <laughs> for doing stupid crap. <laughs> like... <laughs> This was a really fun, really wild fight. Um, I thought Zawada won, but I like Danny Roberts, so I, I didn't complain. Um, but I, I thought Zawada was going to get the nod. But th- this, this was a really dope fight, though. Like, if there was a bright moment on this card <laughs> that, that, you know, somewhat made the night worth it, or at least, you know... It it, it 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 sparked some life into to a car that really needed it. Um, th- this was one of those fights. Like I said, both dudes really just went at it um, from the ground to striking to to everything. It was just back and forth, crazy sweeps and transitions. Just all everything was going on in this fight. They they both really went out there and just they they threw down. Yeah, no, it was an entertaining fight. Um, it's no wonder that freaking um. What's his name? Henry Hoof just stormed out of the cage when after the second DC uh, Rumble fight. It's because none of his fighters listened to him. Because <laughs> Roberts, I, I don't remember what exactly it was in the third round that Roberts went for, but he was on top. And then all of a sudden he did something, and Zawas was able to sweep him over and get like the takedown or uh, the reverse and get on top with like. 25 seconds left in the round. And you can just hear Hoofs in the corner screaming, no, no, no! <laughs> it, is, it, it made me laugh when I heard it. I'm just like, no one Roberts damn close fights. Oh, man. Well, speaking of screaming, I, I don't know if it was this fight. The refs were not with it this Oh, yeah, no, man. they were... Oh, the refs were not having it. Oh, no, it was during the Struve fight, I think. There was a moment where they were, like, up against the cage, or they were on the ground, 
and he literally stopped the fight to like explain something to Struve. Like literally, like the whole fight paused, and he just like yelled at him for something, and then they just kept going. Yeah, Ruffs were not having it tonight. They were really angry. I mean, I wouldn't be too if I had to work UFC Hamburg. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they were in Germany. They could have gone out drinking. <laughs> yeah, if, they, if there's at least one fight on this card uh, worth going back to look at, uh, Danny Roberts and David Zawada, shout-outs to both of them, man. That was, that was a really awesome fight. Just, it, it sparked some life into a card that, that just really needed it. Um, and I'll say that also about this next fight. Um, Nazrat, uh, Lord, this last name. Hack Parasat? Oh, I, I know I said that. Right. Uh, Hack Parast. Hack Parast. And uh, Mark Dia, is it Dia Casey? Or I feel like I heard heard them pronounce it another way, and I can't remember. Yeah, you know, at this point, I don't care. <laughs> it, it's it's Dia <laughs> Casey. Mark. Yeah, we're gonna go Mark Dia Casey. I mean, Ryan, Be- um, Ryan Benoit doesn't pronounce his own name right. <laughs> but um, this, this was another fight that definitely brought some life to the card, man. Um, Nazrat literally is out there looking like this little mini Gaslam. It's like Gaslam's smaller cousin who makes. Yeah, he looks exactly like Gaslam. <laughs> it's really yeah. weird. Yeah, it's kind of scary. Like he's literally a lightweight version of Calvin Gaslam, and it's kind of crazy. I ain't gonna say he fights like him, but <laughs> when he throws hard hits, it just it just looks like Gaslam. Like it, it really does. But now th- these two had a pretty fun fight. Um. Dia Casey had a pretty solid first round from what I remember. Um, really long and lanky. He was able to, to fight at range. He was landing some good kicks. Um, but that second and third, man, when when Nazrat finally like got his timing and distance down and he was able to just put pressure, he was having just these really violent spurts of just <laughs> just like him just wrecking shop and just tagging Mark. He had him really hurt at the end of the second round. Yeah, he 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 was he mollywopped him a couple times. He I was really impressed at like the pace he was able to keep because he never slowed down. Like once he once he got that range and distance figured out, it, he was firing on all cylinders. He never he, he wasn't giving Mark room to breathe. I mean, props to Mark, man. He he was he, he was striking back. He was he was keeping it competitive, but Nazareth was he was all over him, man. It was really fun to watch this. Just another case of even outside of the top 10, top 15 at lightweight. Killers all over the place, man. He's another one of those dudes who you line him up against any lightweight. It's not going to be an easy night. He's, he's, he was out there. That looked like a man on the mission. He was trying to get a kill. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was trying to catch a body that night. Um didn't get it finished, but nevertheless, really impressive TKO. I mean, a really impressive decision win. Um, like I said, definitely somebody there to keep an eye on. Just the, he he really bought it. Just just nice quality, high paced violence. Right. Um. Real quick on uh, Dia Casey. Like, I, I get the temptation to turn him into this like range fighter who fights off the back foot. And, you know, periodically throws kicks. But that's a game that takes so long to develop. Uh, like, I kind of wonder trying to do it in the UFC on the fly in the toughest, deepest division in the sport is, like, the right move. Um, 
like he's, this was the best his striking has looked because like, we we all got the wrong impression of him early in his like UFC career when he got that like quick thirty second knockout in his, like his yeah, that we that he was like this killer striker like he's primarily a wrestler if you go back and watch any of his fights in like Cage Warriors or whatever it, it, like it's a lot of him throwing guys around. Just because they're like the guys who were fighting were really bad wrestlers and really poor athletes, compared to him at least. Um, again, he was doing some. He was doing some really nice things. Like he was, he he was doing really good work with the jab early. But once Hakparas got like his distance down and realized that oh he's just going to back into the cage if I pressure him, but uh, the, the jab basically just start stop landing because like okay he's in this position. I know he's going to throw the jab. I'm going to slip it and then come back with the uppercut left hook right hand. And he did that like a couple times. Um, just like a really good example of like just. I'm not going to say like just reading your opponent from Hack Press. Like, okay, I, I can force him to square up and I can beat him by forcing him back into the cage because. There's a guy. There's a guy who doesn't know how to pivot yet. There's a guy who doesn't know how to get out of tight situations with his footwork yet. So he did the uh, he did the gut yeah. run, and <laughs> the crowd was not happy. He he definitely put off the gut run at one point. Right. Um, I'm surprised he didn't go to the wrestling sooner. Like I remember him trying for like a takedown the third, but. Yeah, it, it was a good, it was a really good performance from Hackerest. Um, I remember when he got signed, like there were some people who were saying like he was going to be like a really big deal. And me and my um, I don't know cynicism, I'm, I'm just like over big deals now. <laughs> like okay, show me something. There's like a million dudes in the UFC who were killers on like the regional scene like three years ago. And are still trying to, like, make a name for themselves. Like, Gregor Gillespie. I was so high. I'm still so high on him. But we're still waiting for him to get a top 15 fight. Like, James Vick, I don't think, has had a top 15 fight yet. As much as... He's been calling. He's been trying. Like, so, like, I'm I'm trying to see the guys who are already in the the game. You're trying to, like, try to get over... So like you have you have to really show up and show me something if you want me to be excited, at least a lightweight. Yeah, cause I mean, the road just doesn't get any easier. Like, <laughs> you you gotta be really exceptional to make it to the top of lightweight. Like you gotta be a special kind of somebody, cause boy, it is it is out of the mean road to travel. Yeah. But uh, you'll be on an eight fight win streak and still not get a top set. <laughs> Right, <laughs> but good, good one for Nazareth, man. That's that's, you know, a good way to stake a claim. I'm pretty sure he, he turned some heads. So, uh, you know, good good performance from him. But that was the main card, and now we go to the prelims. And I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Other than, um, you know what, we'll, we'll just go, and you guys will understand. <laughs> so b- before we start, I should men- I should mention I- there's one fight I didn't watch from this card, 
Um, the Taha the featherweight fight. So I'm just throw that out there because I would, at one point I was just like, what am I doing to myself? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get to There's it. There's only so much time in the day. Right. <laughs> so much time in your life, and you re- you really want to be sitting here watching UFC Hamburg top to bottom when it happened like three days ago. <laughs> it's on top of the prelim the feature prelim fight Demir Hadzovic and Nick Hahn so I, I, I sh- this fight I literally watched for the first time about five minutes before we started this call all I remember about it is Had, uh, was it uh, Hadzovic rocked Nick Hahn really bad in the third round but uh, like he he hit him with a punch that turned him all the way around, and then he proceeded to hit him in the back of the head on the way down, and the ref didn't do anything about it. <laughs> you remember way more than I did because I I don't got nothing. Um, <laughs> all right, all right um, I'm trying to remember what um, British Annex said. Uh, I think it was something on the lines of okay, so Hadjavik beat, basically beat him with the jab. And since Nick Hine only knows how to throw, like, two punches, he didn't really have an answer for it. So, I, I think that's the fight. I'll take it, because I can't rebuttal it, because I don't remember. Um, no disrespect to any fighters who are about to be named in, like, these next eight fights. <laughs> I just, I, I was, I tuned in and out of this one, man. Like, I can't lie to you guys. I, I tuned in and out this card. And I mean, I'm pretty sure if you watch this live like I did, I'm pretty sure we all feel the same. If we, <laughs> unless you knew these fighters personally or you were from their countries, I don't think a lot of us were too thrilled about a lot of what happened. But either way, Hazard got the W by split decision. Um, next fight, uh, Bartos, Fabinski, and Emil Mech. Um, God, I watched this fight. <laughs> <laughs> basically it was Fabinski taking Mech down at will like literally just picking him up and slamming him down um, didn't somebody get rocked I, I want to say Fabinski got rocked and like Mech had him in like not like a guillotine but like a weird front choke yeah he tried to like yeah he tried some kind of choke and, didn't and then like three enough. seconds later Fabinski picked him up and threw him down yeah, that's yeah. All right, it's kind of coming back to me. I, I just a lot of takedowns is the moral of the story for that. Takedowns and lane prey, straight out of twenty eleven. Yeah, um, and that's that fight. There's nothing else to um to really dive into. Um, <laughs> next fight, <laughs> Nad Nerimani <laughs> and Khalid Taha. Another fight that I've watched and I just don't remember. I believe these were just two. At- it was one of those fights where, like, both of the guys were athletic. And, like, they were landing things and getting takedowns, but nothing. I mean, was they were doing out. stuff, but, like, did it really yeah. matter? Right. <laughs> like, it, was, it was just meh. And not to say, like, they're not talented or they're not good, but it just wasn't. I, I didn't leave that fight with anything. Like, nothing about it really, like, stuck out. The chemistry wasn't right. 
Yeah, there was nothing. There wasn't a lot going on there. It's worth noting. I, I believe that's the same Khalid uh, Zahad that fought in the Ryzen Bantamweight Grand Three. So there's a little bit of trivia for y'all. Granted, well, he yeah, <laughs> granted, if you if you you know watch this podcast or listen or whatever, you probably already know that. Well, he he took the L tonight, oh, or that night. Uh, so that that never mind, he won by unanimous decision. Uh, so that was that. All right, so these are where I start remembering the fights. Right, I, re- I remember like these next two. A little bit. Uh, next fight: Alexander Rocket, uh, Rocket, Rock, Rock. I'm all right. I, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't get it. Unless right. he comes on the on the podcast, we don't care. Right. <laughs> Versus Justin Ledet. Um Rocket beat the bricks off of Ledet, man. Um, so, took him down, beat him up. Just, <laughs> just beat him up. Like this took was his like. Yeah, this was one of those fights where, like, they bumped shoulders in the hallway and Rocket just proceeded to pat his pockets and beat the crap out like, of him. Like, two um, judges gave every single round a 10-8, and I can't disagree with right. that. <laughs> like, he really just took this man down and just pummeled him repeatedly. And props to that, because he didn't, like, he, he didn't try to run away or, like... Right. He never stopped, like, trying to fight back. But it was just one of those fights where, like, the, the other fighter's drowning and there's no... He's trying to swim back to shore, but he just, he's just not going to make it. <laughs> Rocket Rocket just tied that cement block to his, like, too tight. And right. He is yeah. just he, out at sea. This, this was, like, the big brother, little brother, like, when the big the little brother thinks he's of age and he can take him. But, but like, the, the big brother is on, like, steroids. Right. He's, like, a D1 linebacker. And, right. And, and like, the little oh, brother's, yeah. like, in middle school. You're right. Like, you're not ready for this shit. There, there are levels. There are levels to this. The funniest part to me was, um, I say funniest part. Um, his name is Gooden, right? I'm terrible with uh, names. The, the, the commentator, besides Dan Hardy. I have no idea what that guy's name is. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call him Gooden because <laughs> it feels right. Uh, Gooden said at one point that Ledette said that Rockage had never faced anybody like him, but he had fought many people like Rockage. And almost immediately after that, <laughs> Rockage presented <laughs> a right hand that seemed to have broken Ledette for like a split second. And he just went. Down. <laughs> I'm like, damn, what that just gets his ass beat on the daily, doesn't <laughs> Oh, man. If you want to see a mugging on live TV that was completely legal and void of punishment, aside from, you know, the, the, the recipient of the mugging, um, yeah, give, give this a watch. Um, Alexander Rocket, he, he put a uh, paws were laid, pockets were padded. Yeah, he's a big dude because Ledette used to fight a heavyweight, and he was bigger than Ledette. Yeah, and he was muscling him around yeah. like he, he was he was punching him around like a little kid. Good, pro- um, heavyweight prospect. There we go. All right, somebody. So shout out to Rocket, man. You 
You brought some life to the card. You took somebody's lunch money, and you're at 205. You're not 45 years old. You might have a bright future. So some some kind of future. So we appreciate you. That was a, a dominant. That, that's the type of performance where if like if athletic commissions were like legit, they would never book a rematch. Right. <laughs> like, well, that might lose the license after that. Like, where you got to start back over. He's, right? he's like, you got to pass, like, all these physicals. Right. <laughs> we, can't, we can't let you back in here. But, um, yeah, man, Rod Rochester, he, 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 he just handled business as, as best as any person could. Um, this next fight might have been, if not the most impressive performance, the most impressive finish. Um, Manny Bermudez and Davy Grant. Uh, not a ton happened in this fight until the finish. Manny Bermudez floored him, <laughs> floored Grant with a right hand. Um, proceeds to do a triangle from um, from the top. Uh, I think he switched it to an armbar that ended up. Uh, he switched it to an armbar and then switched it back. I think to a triangle, and it was just really slick the way he pulled it off, man. Like. It, it was really slick. It was really beautiful to watch. It, it's just one of those submissions you see that just makes you appreciate jujitsu and all of his glory. Um, and this was all within a minute. Like, he literally won at 59 seconds. Yep. Um, yeah, it, it was a beautiful finish. Really beautiful finish. Yeah, Bermuda's staking claim to most impressive recent UFC debutante at Bantamweight, which is actually a really deep... Uh, Contest right now with like guys like Peter Yan and um, Ricky Simone and crap. What was that dude from um, Cage Warriors? Uh, point being, there's a lot of there's a lot of talented bantamweights right now, and maybe Bermuda's stick his claim as one of the best. Yeah. On the low, man, like bantamweight and featherweight, they're they're getting stacked. Yeah. Like, like featherweight's <laughs> always been a good division. Uh, but, like, Bantamweight's always suffered from, like, oh, nobody can beat Dominic Cruz, or, oh, Henan Burrell is, you know, beasting through, what, the remnants of this division with Eddie Wineland and Uriah Faber, or, um, like, the recent holdup we've had with, like, the title picture being, like, Dominic Cruz, Uriah Faber, Cody Garbrandt, and TJ Dillashaw. It's just, like, okay, you guys aren't giving, like, the, these other guys just don't have the profile to fight for the title. So, uh, the division division's good, been good. It's just like now it's just being uh, it's, it's just just obvious that like everybody's caught up with the top. Yeah. Yeah, there's really building killers everywhere. So, shout out to Bermudez. I think he got a performance at a night bonus for that. Definitely well deserved. Probably the most impressive finish on the card. Um uh, the Real quick, fight. I feel bad for oh. Davy Grant because I thought, like, coming off that tough show, like, okay, he he might not be, like, a future champion, but he might be able to build, like, a solid career for himself. And then he disappears for, like, two years. Or how long was he gone? He was gone for a minute. Um, He was the Holdworth, and he doesn't come back until 2016. And then we haven't seen him since he beats Marlon Vera, loses to Damian Stasiak. And then we haven't seen him since October 2016, and then he comes back and loses the Bermudas. I'm like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, this is a dude who could probably have, like, a 50-50 career in the UFC. You know, maybe he doesn't go anywhere, but you know, has a nice, long career. 
just makes yeah. a living. And unfortunately, health issues and well, I guess his health issues have just kept him out of the cage. Like he's been in the UFC for five years, he's only had four fights. Rough game, man. It's a rough, it's a rough game out there. But um, yeah, Manny Manny Bermudez uh, got that win by triangle. Uh, next fight, uh, Darko Stoyak and Jeremy Kimball. Um, I'm trying to remember the finishing sequence. I just remember. Oh, it, it's brilliant. Um, didn't did Stoyak eat a punch going for the no. takedown? No, it, it, this was the second funniest thing to happen on the card. Behind uh, Abu Zaitar trying to cradle and then ending up with somebody in Mel. Um, so, Kimball. At first, I thought it was a bad takedown attempt, but it, it was it was set up. It was just yeah. oh, he did the judo hip. Yeah. Uh, was that it? yeah yeah okay yeah yeah I remember. So, I remember. so like a whole lot of nothing happens for about th- uh, like three minutes. Kimball. Uh, shows the jab, gets uh, what's his name? Stoisic, Stoisic, uh, Stoisic, Stoisic, Stoisic. Yeah, just call him Darko. Okay, Darko. <laughs> he he gets Darko to like you know put the double um the the, the high guard up. He shoots for a takedown. He looks. I, like at first, I thought he was like six feet away. He might have been close to like four. But Darko. Like, as soon as Kimball, like, gets in close, just grabs him and tosses him to the ground. (laughs) And then drops, like, hammer after hammer after hammer on him. And it it, was was over in the span of, like, five seconds. Yeah, it was violent. It was a very violent... It was such a quick transition from, like, the slam to, all right, now I'm just going to kill you. Like... (laughs) And he just, he just talking about like a dude who, who like there's just like an obvious strength difference here. Yeah, that was um, that was some man child strength. That was, you know, kind of like the big brother little brother thing yeah. again. <laughs> That's kind of pretty much what that finish was. Um, I actually heard too on social media that apparently Kimball retired oh. after that. That sucks. I mean, well, it doesn't suck. Yeah. It's great because nobody should be fighting. It's a drug, <laughs> as we've discussed many, many times. <laughs> oh man! But um, but uh, yeah, man. The Darko. Props to Darko Stasic. Yeah. Another heavyweight prospect. Right there we hey. go. Maybe, maybe that was the hidden story of this card that I wasn't paying attention to because I was bored out of my mind. By heavyweights, <laughs> there might there there is life yet. Life right. finds a way. It's, it's a little bit two hundred five maybe. Yeah. Until uh, until they climb the rankings and like they all turn into like really boring versions of Aluria Latifi. <laughs> oh man! And the last fight. <laughs> Uh, Lou Pignan and Damian Stasiak. Um, all I remember is that isn't Lou trained at Alpha Yes. Mill? Yeah, that's all I remember. Um, I don't remember much. I remember being impressed by Pignan because I'm impressed when any of these Chinese fighters like do well, especially when the like the ones that come into the UFC off of like back to back losses. 
And I'm not sure that was Pinion. I can't remember who that was. Um, like what? Like one of them literally got signed off of like two loss, straight losses. I, I can't remember who it was. It might have been one of his teammates, but um, like, dude, Pinion's like a dude I remember watching. Like I, I saw him fight before. Um, in rough, like years and years ago. Um. So like just to see where it's like, I was always like. I was always like, those guys just need to be in like a real gym, and they'll be and they'll do fine. And now he's in a real gym; he's doing fine. Like, Stasiak's a good dude to have on your resume. Uh, he is really tough to look good against. He went the distance with um, Pedro Munoz. Uh, he had a really tough fight with Brian Keller. Like, like he he's not a pushover. He's not great, but he's not a pushover. So, like, to go out there and get a win over him, it just shows your UFC quality bantamweight. weight. So, prop, props yeah, to him. Yeah. Props to China. They're, they're figuring it out. They they're going to take over they MMA, are. and then they're going to take over boxing, and then we might care about boxing MMA again. <laughs> we'll, we'll invest money in the U.S. boxing team, like back when, like, the Soviet Union was winning all the gold medals, and we had to stop them. All right. <laughs> And yet again, another then, then there'll be like Creed Four, where he has to fight like a Chinese guy. <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm really mad. I've, I'm I'm throwing myself out there. I've never watched the first. I one. haven't either. But I saw the trailer for the second one, and I'm really intrigued. So I might have to go back. You see, I have. You know what else I haven't watched? I haven't watched any of the Rocky movies. I've watched Rocky One, and then I think I skipped. To like four when he fought Antonio Tarver. I don't remember which one that was. One of the I, can't I just remember that happened. <laughs> I think those are the only two. Maybe I saw one in between. I don't remember. I need to go back and watch. Stallone it. out here doing better than most box promoters to get these dudes paid. Right. <laughs> oh man, Stallone's got the bag. He's definitely got. He's the bag. like, meet me in Philadelphia. I have a plan. <laughs> So yeah, man, that that was UFC Hamburg. Was it? Um, I, Did Dennis Seaver even fight on this card? <laughs> How could this be a real UFC Germany card if Dennis Seaver is not? Oh here? God, it, it was. They should just they like should a, just have like a traveling statue for Seaver whenever they're in Germany. <laughs> just be like, this is your god. He would have fit right in on this card. He really would have. That's the sad part. This card would have been perfect. <laughs> this card would have been perfect. But, like I said, man, I mean, Anthony Smith, Maul Shogun, Robertson Zawada had a really good fight. Nazrat had a really impressive performance. Light heavyweights. Yeah, a couple light heavyweight showings. Man Bermuda is really impressive. Like, there were spots that were good, but as a whole, this card was really hard to get through. <laughs> Like, think of where it's sandwiched between. We just, like, for, we didn't really, like I said, we didn't enjoy um, UFC Boise. But, like, those fights had a little bit of meaning behind them. You got JDS coming back. You had Chad Mendes coming back. You had Darren Elkins getting fed to the freaking younger, more entertaining <laughs> version of himself. Yeah, you, you had, like, Sage Northcutt finally showing some bit of promise. Kat Zagano versus Marion Renault. Like those are all fights that had like meaning and weight behind them. Like 
And then before that, you had one of the greatest moments in UFC history with DC winning the heavyweight title. And next week, you have one of the best Fox cards ever. You know, Jose Aldo, Jeremy Stevens, uh, Alvarez Poirier 2, Joanna versus Tisha. Like, that's a really good card. Like, top to bottom. God damn, I'm looking at it now. Like, yeah, there's some heat. There's some heat on that card. Dude, like, there hmm. is a, a lot of heat. Uh, yep. Oh, yeah, Mercier versus yeah, Hernandez. Tisha Torres and Young Jacek. Uh, well, who is this? Uh, oh, that's um, you, you got Duwadu trying to write the ship. Uh, you got Dustin Ortiz and Mateus Nicolau. Got Magdessi Pearson. Yeah, like that's a solid. That's a yeah, really like fun card. Like, and then and then you have this Germany card that they showed on the TV for like a seven-hour time spot for no reason. It was torture. Yeah, this this is a pain to get through. This you this was a pain to get through. But that's UFC Hamburg, man. Not a lot of ton of substance. To be honest, if you don't go back and watch this card, you didn't go watch the fifty second clip of Anthony Smith ruining Shogun and then you get everything. (laughs) Right. (laughs) If you can stomach that go 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 watch a legend get mauled. But um yeah, man, that that was UFC Hamburg. Not not you know, it happened. That's 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 all I got. Um, like you said, man, um, it's crazy because we're recording this on a Wednesday on the 25th. I'm gonna try to edit and upload this. Probably maybe not upload it tonight. So hopefully by the 26th, you guys should be hearing this. And then on the 28th, we got UFC on Fox 30, um, which I guess we will attempt to get Joey. Um, I know Stoves wanted to get on too. We'll have to see how schedules can work. Uh, see if we can get everybody aboard. Uh, cause that's a, that's just gonna be a, a, a card that'll that should generate conversation. Hopefully. Yeah, that that should generate some conversation. Oh, hold on, no, Stokes wanted to be on the card with uh, uh, the LA card, the one with uh, Phil, Phil. yeah, that's uh, UFC 227. That's oh, the week right. after. So we'll, we'll try to. Okay, yeah, all right. So we'll, we'll we'll try to see how that works. But we should hopefully be able to get Joey on for. For this definitely should be some conversation to be had. This card will definitely have some meaning to it. Please. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm confident this will this 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 will deliver. But uh yeah, so we got UFC on Fox 30 coming up. This we have uh, Ryzen 11. The rematch: Kanasakura versus Rena. Hey. Uh, Kyoji versus Hiramasa. Uh, Oji Kubo. <laughs> we have Takanori Gomi versus Melvin Gillard. Oh no! What do you mean no? That's amazing. <laughs> Tuck, uh, Melvin Gillard is gonna come in at middleweight. I tried to forget about that. <laughs> uh, Satoru, uh, Satoru, uh, oh, Satoru uh, Kitaoka versus Diego Brando. Like Bra- Brando oh, under um... Brando under like Ryzen slash Pride rules just sounds really dangerous. Yeah, he might kill yeah. him. Might... Is, 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 uh, is what's the name on that card? Um, uh, uh Yes, he's fighting a man named Tom Santos from Brazil. Oh, I think uh, some, somebody posted a highlight uh, video of him on Twitter. He's pretty violent, dude. Right. Um, yeah, so that, that's and everybody's favorite, Ren Nakai 
fighting Shizuka Sugiyama. Get him. Hey, she's fighting at her weight class now, from last time I remember. What's 57 kilograms translated to? 57 kilograms to pounds. Yeah, she's fighting at like 125. Like, perfect for her. And for all the crap we gave her about being timid and not being um, aggressive and like all that good stuff, she was a fantastic, strong grappler. Yeah. Um, and uh, Kid Yamamoto's sister, as she continues her misguided attempt into MMA. So, <laughs> what's the next one card? Uh, one. Uh, it will be. Martin Wynn fighting for the interim bantamweight title. I don't know what's wrong with Fernando Bibiano that they're having them fight for the interim bantamweight title. Uh, Is this the car with Henzo? Yes. Oh, that's right. Henzo Gracie's returning <laughs> to fight Yuki Kondo. Yeah, if you guys didn't know, that's the thing. That's, that's going down. <laughs> and Shin Yaoki's fighting on that card. Hey, shout out to Wendell, man. One, one's cards are always really good. Like, the last couple I've watched have been and, dope. And like I said, I've, their app is awesome. Like, I, I really enjoy the app. It is there. free. Oh, Gary Tonin's going to yeah. be on the card, too. So, there we go. So, there we go. Solid. So, if, you, if you have nothing to do on Friday morning, or, or you know, you have some time at your desk job where your boss isn't peeking over your shoulder. Yeah. That's, that's what I yeah. need to do. <laughs> Download you the app. And, uh, you know. Tune it. Just give it again. And keep it in the corner of your eye as you pretend to do work. All right. It'll, it'll, it'll keep you entertained. Uh, two other fights that we did not announce. Uh, one of them, I think, just happened. The other one, I don't think we mentioned at all. Uh, UFC Fight Night Lincoln uh, has James Krause versus Wally Alves. Who Krause playing up the Walter Uh I guess so. Yeah, yeah, Walter yeah. matchup. Yep. Um, if anybody cares, UFC Hamburg uh, numbers, uh, 492,000 viewers. <laughs> um, and another fight. I'm I'm really mad that I forgot to mention this because I was excited for this. David Branch, the goat. <gasps> Jacare, UFC. Two oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's that's the oh thing. God, I, I feel so ashamed. If, if you've been paying attention to David Branch, he has been campaigning for this fight <laughs> for, for for a while just now. He's filling that really... card up with like middleweight fights in case like one did the falls through. <laughs> but uh yeah man I'm, I'm happy branch man he he really wanted this fight he's really been gunning oh for this and oh wait we have another fight hector lombard versus oh. talos leitas ufc sao paulo brazil in september 22nd wow right hector lombard still has that's a job a that's a cross <laughs> that's a crossroads fight if there ever was one <laughs> but um yeah man so we got some we got some Got some got some fights coming up, man. A lot of a lot of good stuff going down. Oh um, wait, real quick, Mikey Garcia is fighting this weekend on Showtime. If anybody cares about boxing, uh, oh, he's going to be fighting Robert Easter Jr., undefeated uh, lightweight champion. So that's yeah, that should be great. Um, also, uh, a heavyweight fight uh, for those so inclined. We have Joseph Parker taking on Dylan White. Um, in a fight that I can't imagine will be, I'm not going to say it'll be bad. I'm going to hope it'll be good, but <laughs> I, I see the potential for it to be bad. So I, I'm going to just throw that out there too. Also on that card, Katie Taylor 
Irish Olympian, Irish Olympic champion. She's going to be defending her lightweight title against Kimberly Connor. So, fun stuff. All across the board. So, you guys can look forward to all that. Um, real quick before we do part and shots and shout outs, because I finally got my page to load. <laughs> Glory 55. Has it been down. loading this Honestly, entire time? No, it loaded a while ago, but I couldn't transition. Like, I couldn't fit it in because we had already started. <laughs> it finally loaded. Uh, so I'll just quickly breeze through this real quick. Um, I did watch the prelims of this card. The prelims were, were pretty awesome. Um, but the main event was Alex Pereira defending his middleweight belt. He knocked uh, Usuri Belgaruni into another dimension with a right hand. Um, so that, that was the main event. Uh, Cedric Dumbe uh, headlined the Super Fight Series prelims. He beat the bricks out of Allen uh, Shanison. I don't know how to say it. But uh, Dumbe did not. He wasn't methodical in this fight at all. He came out just guns blazing. And he just beat the crap out of this dude for two rounds. And Tiffany Van Sos, uh won a split decision. Got herself back in the win column. So she's trying to climb back up and get that belt back. Um, but that was Glory 55. Um, I think the replays came on ESPN one or two, but um, so, I, so I guess if you got ESPN one or two, you can probably go back and check those out. So give that a look. If I you saw a part of it on ESPN two on Sunday. I want to say. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they. they so if you like me and you got Sling TV, you should be able to just go back and uh, and just give that card a watch. So definitely give that a uh, watch. Glory tends to put on pretty pretty good cards. So, um, you know, give that a look if you haven't. But those are all the fights we got. Uh, so I guess we will just end the show uh, with parting shots and shout outs. So um, I have two shout outs uh, and one shot for the shot. I might have to do a little bit of research, but uh, shout outs. Both of mine are basketball related. You know, first shout out will be to Sue Bird, um, who now has the all time NBA record for uh, what is it? Most games played, I believe. Yes, 500 uh, games. She's now put, yeah, she has played 500 games. Well, it's games. probably 501 now. She played yesterday, I believe. Yeah, so she's got that record. Um, that Didn't Diana Taurasi break a record not too long? Uh, she has most threes in WNBA history. And highest score. Like she, She's the only one above like 8,000 points. There we go. And I actually saw... I cannot... I've seen a lot of good news about the WNBA lately, and I cannot. Oh, so ah, this, yeah, Liz Cambage. Um, she was going to be one of my shoutouts. She broke the WNBA all-time single-game scoring record. She was like she had 53 points. Um, she was like 15 from uh 15 of 16 from the field, and so, like it's not crazy like that. Like she only missed like a like one or two shots. Like, dude, she is a, like, she is damn near unstoppable in the post. So, WNBA has been doing, uh, oh, it's been doing big things lately. I wanted to say I, I saw somebody um post something about their viewer number. Oh, they're up. Yeah, they've they've been up, but I just I can't remember who who posted it. Um, but shout out to the WNBA. They've been uh been been on the up and up. And my last uh. Shout out was to Dirk Nowinski of the Dallas Mavericks. He now he he has the record for longest tenure with one team. Uh, he signed a one year deal one year deal to resign with the Mavericks. He will now once next season starts will officially have been with the Mavericks for twenty one seasons. Ew, which is crazy. Like, can you imagine being around Mark Cuban that long? <laughs> I mean, at least he got one ring out of it. <laughs> 
you know, shout outs to Dirk, man. Like, I, I'm not a Mavericks fan. I actually am not a big fan of the Mavericks. But, like, Dirk is literally him and Vince Carter are, like, the last two guys from, like, the era of basketball that I was, like, really, really into that I, like, grew up with, grew up with. So, he's, like, last of a dying breed for me. Like, once Dirk leaves, like, Dirk, Manu, and Vince, <laughs> once those three are out, the entire era of basketball that I grew up watching is gone. Like, so, but shout out to Dirk, man, for, for lasting for uh, uh, 21 seasons. And for my shot, um, let let me let me pull this up real quick, cause I want to get the um, the young lady's name right. Ooh. All right. So my shot, the shot goes out to not. Now I can't even really say just Twitter. Actually, I don't think it was Twitter. I think it was Instagram. It, it really goes out to fans in general. Um, so if anybody paid attention, like um, it was a Comic Con. Uh, this past weekend, so a lot of new trailers came out. Um, Shazam, Aquaman, uh, DC Titans. So I'm I'm not gonna go get into all the trailers, but uh, DC Titans uh, trailer came out. Um, I'll say that you know I watched the trailer. I, I honestly, it, me personally, I didn't think it looked all that I, good. <clears throat> yeah, I, I wasn't. A, <laughs> I I can't really say that I was a fan, but that's not the point. So the actress who plays Starfire, hope I don't butcher her name. Um, her name is Anna uh, Diop. I'm saying that I correct. I believe so. Um, yeah, she she's playing Starfire. Um, in this upcoming series uh, in DC Titans. She um deleted her Instagram due to just you know what the internet does, man. Take like, on the women. Yeah, ra- racist comments, sexist comments. Everything in between, um, c- kind of similar in vain to uh, can't remember the other lady's uh, name. Mary Tran um, and um, Daisy Ridley. Yeah, from from yep. Star Wars. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, I, I, I just, I see stuff and I don't like it. That's one thing. You might even write a status or a post about you how much you don't like something. All right, cool. But to go on like an actor's just Instagram page or whatever social media they have and just like to just like berate somebody, it's like you're doing too much, man. You like, literally have nothing going on. Right. <laughs> like if, if you have that much time in your day to just literally go on somebody's page and just harass them all day to the point where they just have to delete their social media. Like you're you're doing too much. You you clearly you have other problems outside of the web that you need to handle because you, you probably have some terrible self esteem issues and a host of other things that are wrong with you. If if this is what you do in your spare time, but um, yeah, just, just a shot to all of the fans. Like I get it, man. You're passionate about the show. You want to see the show do good. You might not agree with casting choices, blah blah blah. But y'all are doing too much, man. Like chill out. Calm down. At the end of the day, it is it's just a TV show. These are real people behind the screen. It's not going to be her fault if the show sucks. <laughs> like it's it's not her fault. Like eat, let's just chill out, man. Like y'all y'all are doing. Uh, and it's like the same. 
the same guys that I'm going to signal out, guys. Um, it's like the same dudes who do stuff like this, who harass uh, women like her and women like the lady from Star Wars. Y'all are like the same guys who, like, post statuses and wonder why women don't touch you. <laughs> like, ah, <laughs> like, uh, I... Just empty the clip on all of y'all. Y'all, y'all, y'all are just doing way too much. You, you gotta chill out, man. It's not that serious. Put down the tiki torch and take a long look at yourself in the mirror. Like just, you know, the the bad boys, the the woosah, you know, the rubby ears, and just relax. Y'all need to do that just all day long. Just before you type a status, just give yourself an ear rub and a woosah. <laughs> just calm down it is uh it's not that serious but um you know well wishes to to anna man I, the world sucks unfortunately people suck but you know I, I hope she's good i hope she's okay i hope the show does well I, to be honest like i said I, I didn't think it looked that good but i, I like dc i want to root for dc so I, I hope the things they do you know turn out well so you know but best of luck to her you know and in, in her career and such but yeah a parting shot to just all you terrible fans out there y'all gotta chill out but that's uh that's all i got for my parting shots and um damn i actually had yeah, well um shout out to dustin poirier who's donating 500 backpacks to chill, uh, school children i just saw that like he, he whenever he fights like he's always doing charity work it's this is really great to see. Um, so, you know, props ahead. Look at this. Okay. Um, well, since, since we were on the topic of DC and Marvel and everything, and Comic-Con, um, I'm going to throw a shot at DC. And Marvel, and Marvel. Um let uh, let your characters get married and be happy like come on like any, anybody who's read who was reading the most recent yeah, batman true. knows what i'm talking about uh, I, um, I don't know how close he followed comics my uh, sensei i think i heard about right that. where they built up this marriage between um batman and catwoman it, it was really good don't get like it was really good really good like stuff I saw a really touching scene where he um that wasn't like alfred the best yeah. man yeah, yeah. And, 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 and the uh the 50th um issue they're just like nope jokes on you gotham needs you batman and, and they and, and, and she dumps him oh, well, yeah he's like no like it's, it's like it, this is what happens when you like only guys write comics. I, I hate to take it there, but like, you, you know, that's a guy who's like, you, we can't have them get married. <laughs> he can't just be with one woman. Oh. So, so shots at them. Just let your characters be happy. God damn it! It's like Bat Batman had enough in his life, man. You let the man, you know, let him get one. But yeah, for real. Because otherwise we just wasted like fifty freaking issues, which is like two hundred dollars for nothing. 
There's no payoff. The payoff is he's sadder than he was when we started. <laughs> but I'm, but and that goes to Marvel too because they did the same. They do the same crap with um, you know, Spider-Man and One More Day and whatever the hell. But also shouts to Marvel because they're doing Marvel Rising uh, Secret Warriors, and I pray to God that it's not like the TV shows. Uh, it's going to be a film. It's going to be centered around like Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, Squirrel Girl, and Spider Gwen. For people who don't know, Squirrel Girl's resume. I mean, she has there's Girl a reason she's not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because she would kill all Cause, y'all. Because <laughs> she, she beat Thanos. She, she bodied Thanos. <laughs> She made Doctor Doom jump out of a helicopter or a plane or something, something crazy, and she beat um ah oh, what's the guy's name? Is it Modok? Modok. God, what, I'm probably mispronouncing. No, 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 no. no, no, no you're talking about. Is it Modok? Because he's the guy with the big head and the little yes. arms, right? Let me tell y'all, man. If you haven't seen the, the panel of that that fight, <laughs> Modok's hands are so small that he couldn't reach his face. And he got scratched by like 8,000 squirrels. And he lost because his hands were too small <laughs> to throw the squirrels off of his face. Oh, man. Squirrel Girl is the MVP. And that, and she can't be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because then she'd be overpowered. Right. She literally would be. Like, she can't be. Maybe, that's, maybe that's like what's happening in the next Avengers. They're like, all right, we're going to bring in Squirrel Girl. It's, it's over. over. It is. It's over. Like, bro, she legit beat Doctor Doom. And Thanos. Like, MVP. All day. <laughs> right. So, um, they, they released a trailer for that, and it doesn't look... Like, I, I don't know how far... I don't know if you've seen any of the freaking, like, the, the, the Marvel animated shows. They're all really terrible. Yeah, that's that's the one thing DC can hang their hat on that they will always have over Marvel. And yeah, the, well, and that's because they have Warner Brothers, like Warner Brothers Studios Animation, like they have professionals. And up until recently, I, like I don't even know who the hell does the the freaking Marvel animated shows. I I can't tell you the last Marvel animated anything I've watched <laughs> since like. The one they did with the Punisher and Black Widow was called like Confidential or something. I don't oh know. right, right. Um, yeah, that, that might be the last Marvel animated thing I even paid attention but to. I, I pray God's good. It looks good. I'm a big base Marvel fan because she's from Jersey, so they better not f it up. <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah, there's a lot, lots of stuff going down. You guys should watch those trailers too if you haven't. Heard a lot of varying opinions, but well, that'd be a whole other conversation. Another day, another podcast, another life. Yeah, another another life. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, that's that's pretty much all we got for you guys today. It's uh, been another episode of the Dojo Talk podcast. As always, you can check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud. If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, leave a review. You can listen to us on Google Play. Hit us up on Facebook at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. And you can check out my new music review channel, 
on YouTube, which is called the Sounds Like Fun Podcast. I will leave a link to that below. I did my first episode. Uh, the first album I reviewed was uh, LaRange and Solemn Brigham. Uh, the album was entitled Marlo. It's really awesome. You should listen to it. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all we got for this episode. As always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we'll be there to talk about it, and hopefully we will catch you guys soon.